the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Have a place where you can go and get alone with the Lord and spend time with Him alone. Whether that's a closet, whether that's in your bedroom, or whether that's in an office in your house, or maybe it's on a bench in a park, or in the woods, wherever that may be. But to just have a place where you can get alone with Jesus and seek Him and spend time with Him in His presence and make that a priority in your life. Do it Do it every day where you get alone with Jesus and drink of Him. Drink Him in. When you're told to drink in Jesus, what does that mean? Obviously, it's not literal, but what should it look like in your life? In today's message, Pastor Dan will offer some practical ways you can apply this metaphor in your routine. You need time with Him both one-on-one as well as with your fellow believers. It's crucial to your spiritual health. Just like you have to take in water to survive, you need to make space where you can allow Him to speak to your heart through times of prayer and study. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 7 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. thirst is never going to go away. Even though you're there, you've come to the water fountain, but if you don't take the step of drinking it, you're always going to have that thirst. It's the same is true with Jesus. People come to Jesus, but they never drink of him. They, they never drink of him. They never enjoy the refreshment. They never enjoy the satisfaction, and they just stay thirsty, even though they've come to Jesus. You have to come to him, and you have to drink. Both are necessary. The word come here and the word drink are both in the present tense, meaning Jesus is speaking of a continual action. He's not saying, you know, he's not, it's not come to Jesus once and drink once, but we come to Jesus over and over to drink of him. It's continually drinking of Jesus. And what does Jesus mean? What does Jesus mean when he says, come to me and drink? How do we drink of Jesus? Well, we have expressions in the English language like drink it up. Or drink it in, right? And when we drink it in, to drink it in is to take something in eagerly or to to fully experience something with with great enjoyment. I want to drink it all in. I got to dive into it, you know? I'm going to, in other words, soak it up, right? Well, that's the idea here. Jesus invites us to come to him and drink, to drink him in to just fully experience him, to to take him in eagerly, all of him, as much as I can take. 
and to keep coming and coming and coming to him and drinking and drinking and drinking. And as we do that, listen, as we do that, he then satisfies our deepest desire. He satisfies the thirst. But I got to do two things. I got to come to him and I got to drink. Coming to him is not enough. You must do both. You have to come to him and drink. And as you do, he satisfies that deepest thirst of the soul. Now, what does this look like practically? How do we drink of Jesus? Well, here's just a few ways we can drink of Jesus. First way, which is the most important way, is spending time with Jesus alone. Spending time with Jesus alone. Spending time with him and drinking him in. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, But you, when you pray, go into your room, or your, your translation might say your closet, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There Jesus talks about getting alone with God, going into your closet. I was listening to Hope FM this week, and there was a pastor on there who was talking about when he was first saved, first became a Christian. Uh, he was a young man. He was still living at home in his parents' house. Uh, and he, he said he started reading the Bible, and he just took it all literally. And he said in his home while he was growing up, there was one closet in their house. And so he says, go into your closet and pray. So he would go into his closet to pray. And one day his mom found him in the closet and was like, what are you doing in here? He said, well, I'm praying. The Bible says I should go in my closet and pray. He took it literally, right? But the idea is just have a, have a place where you can go and get alone with the Lord and spend time with him alone. Whether that's a closet, whether that's in your bedroom, or whether that's in an office in your house, or maybe it's on a bench in a park or in the woods, wherever that may be. But to just have a place where you can get alone with Jesus and seek him and spend time with him in his presence and make that a priority in your life. Do it, do it every day where you get alone with Jesus and drink of him, drink him in. Another thing that will help you drink of Jesus is to read your Bible. Just read your Bible every day. The whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation speaks of Jesus. The scriptures testify of him. He comes in the volume of the book. It's just reading your Bible every day. It's a way that you can drink in Jesus. Another way uh, that you can drink in Jesus is just through regular fellowship with other Christians. You know, beyond a Sunday morning. You know, Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered, I am there in the midst of them. He shows up whenever we're in fellowship with other believers. And so that's, that's important. It's a way that you can drink in Jesus. And the more that you drink in Jesus, the more satisfied and content you will be in life. Let me repeat that. The more that you drink in Jesus, the more satisfied and content you will be in life. Are you satisfied? Are you content with your life? Or do you find you're always dissatisfied? You're always discontent. You're always frustrated. Spend more time with Jesus, drinking him in. You know, St. Augustine said, our heart is restless until it rests in God. And that's true. Find your rest in Jesus Christ. He's the one who will quench the thirst of your soul. And he is the only one who can satisfy your soul. And, and we can come to him, and this is the great thing. We can come to him and drink as often as needed. As often as we're thirsty. 
And what's great is he's, it, that's, that spring is always available to us. And we've got it with us anywhere we go. We, it's, you know, it's, not, it's not something that's external, that's geographically located somewhere, and I've got to go to that place to find my contentment in life. It's not something that, is, uh, that could fail us. You know, it's not like I find my happiness and contentment in the Baltimore Ravens, right? And then now every time they lose, I'm frustrated. I don't know what that's like. I'm a Patriots fan. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to be relevant to... <laughs> but you know what I mean? This, listen, listen, the source of our satisfaction, the source of our contentment is with us all the time. It's internal now. It's Christ in us. It's not external. And it doesn't fail. It never runs out. The well never dries up. And I can always come to him and drink whenever I'm thirsty, as often as I need to. You know, David in the Old Testament um, He understood that it's only God who satisfies our thirst. And David writes in the Psalms, listen to this, this is Psalm 63. It tells us in the title that he was in the wilderness of Judah. He's out in what we would call the desert. And this is probably when he is running for his life from King Saul. So he's out in a desert. And he says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. David was in the desert physically, but he was also in the desert spiritually. You know, this this world is very much like a desert spiritually, isn't it? You could describe this world as a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And David understood that it's only God that satisfies, that his soul was really thirsting for God. His flesh was longing for God. And this world, it's like a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. It's just a spiritual desert. And there's nothing in this world that can satisfy our thirst. Now, look at verse 38. John chapter 7, verse 38, Jesus says, He who believes in me, he who believes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, he who believes that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, that he was buried and resurrected, he who believes that through Jesus' death and resurrection they have forgiveness and eternal life, he who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, look what it says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And I want you to understand the picture that Jesus is presenting here. We come to Jesus and drink, and we keep coming to him and drinking and drinking daily until our hearts are filled with Jesus to the point that we begin to overflow with Jesus, and out of us flows rivers of living water that refresh other people around us. We receive from Jesus, and after we are filled by him, we can give out to others. Rivers of living water, he said. If you remember, uh, back in chapter 6, the feeding of the 5,000, the apostles came to Jesus to receive bread from Jesus, 
before they distributed that bread to the hungry multitudes. And then they went back to Jesus and they got more bread, and then they distributed that to the hungry multitudes. And they kept going to Jesus for the bread to give to others. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. We drink of Jesus, we drink of Jesus, we drink Him in until we're filled to overflowing And then it flows out of us like a river of living water and it refreshes those that we come into contact with. That's the picture here. This river of living water flowing out of our lives and ministering to other people. You know, Jesus mentions living water here and that's that's not a term that we really use today. Uh, It may not mean much to us today, but it was a very familiar term to Jesus' audience in that day. They understood what he was talking about. They understood what living water is. Uh, Israel is 61% desert. Water is very scarce. Even today, it's very scarce. Uh, The Sea of Galilee is their main water source for the whole nation. But water was very scarce in the ancient world. Uh, In living water, living water was water that came from a natural spring or a river Living water was water from God. It's the way that they saw it, that God provided this water for us out of a a spring out of the earth. Uh, Living water was water that gave life. It was life-giving water. It was clean. It was pure. It was usually cold. It was refreshing. Living water is in contrast to water that is from a cistern. A cistern is a, a hole that is dug in the ground to collect rainwater and to store rainwater. You go to Israel, there are cisterns all over the country. Even today you see cisterns. They're just these these pits, these holes that they dig in the rock for rainwater to drain into and collect and be stored for drinking water. Uh, think Think about the gutter in front of your house that runs into a sewer drain. You know, the rainwater runs off. Right? They would collect that in cisterns. Some cisterns are huge, ginormous. Uh, some cisterns are as big as this room in some of the cities. And they would collect this water. Cistern water was stale water. Cistern water was stagnant. It was dirty. Uh, quite often when you see the cisterns, even still today, these ancient cisterns, some of them still are green with algae on them. So cistern water is green water. Doesn't that sound refreshing? right? Stale, hot, stagnant, dirty, green water to drink. Or water that's coming out of a spring that's pure, that's clean, it's cold, that's refreshing. 
Which one would you rather drink? Living water or cistern water? Cistern water is what the world offers us. Living water is what Jesus offers us. You know, in Ezekiel 47, it it describes in the kingdom age when Jesus Christ returns. uh, You guys know Jesus is coming back, right? And he's coming back and he's going to establish his kingdom on the earth. And it describes this river that flows from the temple that will happen. This is going to happen in the kingdom age. This river will flow out of the temple. It's a river of living water, life-giving, fresh, clean, pure water that flows out of the temple in Jerusalem and it flows out into the desert, and everywhere it goes, it brings life. In the desert, it's this, this river in the desert that brings life, and trees grow, and fruit grows, uh, and, and the desert turns green as a result of this living water. Everywhere living water goes, it brings life. And here, Jesus is talking about this living water that flows out of us, out of our hearts. And everywhere that living water goes in this desert of a world, it produces life. It produces life. And he tells us now, if you look at the verses, he tells us, verse 39, that this living water that he spoke of, it's, 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 he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. When we are filled with Jesus and we drink of him and drink of him to the point that we are overflowing now, living water flows out of us. It gives life everywhere it goes. And he tells us that it's the Holy Spirit that is flowing out of us like a river. Literally, if you're taking notes, it's like floods or torrents of living water, bringing life and refreshment everywhere it goes, bringing life and refreshment to the people that we come into contact with. And notice here uh, in verse 37, or 38, I'm sorry, verse 38, Jesus said, rivers of living water, plural. It's not a single river, but it's multiple rivers, multiple streams flooding forth out of our hearts. You know, you've got a stream of living water here at church. You come to church and the Holy Spirit uses you to minister to other people. You've got a stream of living water in your family, ministering to your family. You've got a stream of living water uh, at work, when you go to work. You've got a stream of living water at school. You've got a stream of living water with your neighbors. Just everywhere you go, you've got all these streams now going out. And in every relationship that you have, in every direction, the Holy Spirit is now working through you to minister to others all around you, these rivers of living water flowing from you. As you drink of Jesus, as you drink of him to the point that you're overflowing now and the Holy Spirit just spills out of your life, living water to those around you. In Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is what the Holy Spirit produces in a person's life. A person who's yielded to him. And that flows out of our life. It flows into your relationships. Flows into your family. Flows into your marriage, your relationship with your kids. Flows into your relationship with your difficult neighbor. 
Just love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, fruit of the Spirit. Luke 24, Jesus describes uh, the dynamic of the Holy Spirit and the life of the believer as being endued with power from on high. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus described uh, this dynamic of the Holy Spirit as being baptized with the Holy Spirit. The word baptism just means immersion. You think about water baptism, a person is immersed in the water. They're submerged in it, and they come up. And when they come out of the water, they're, you know, they're, they're dripping wet. And quite often when somebody gets baptized in water, when they come up out of the water, they come out of the water, somebody will give them a hug, right? And when they hug that person who's been baptized, the water gets on them. They get wet too. And Jesus uses that word to describe this dynamic of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer where we're baptized by the Holy Spirit. We're, we're immersed in the Spirit now. So that whenever we have contact with somebody else, you know, the Holy Spirit impacts them as well. You know, it, it, it gets on them in a sense. Just like water off a person who's been water baptized. You know, he tells his disciples to, to wait for this empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's something he says to them after they've been filled with the Spirit. They, ha- they have the Spirit in them. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in them, but he tells them of this this additional experience with the Holy Spirit where they're baptized with the Spirit, they're endued with power from on high by the Spirit. They're overflowed, as we see here in John chapter 7, where now the Holy Spirit is flowing out of their hearts and ministering to other people. You know, in John chapter 7, he describes this ministry of the Holy Spirit, you know, where it's coming out of the person's life It's living water to those. It brings life to those around them. And I think as we read this this passage and consider what Jesus says here, I think for all of us here, myself included, the question we should ask ourselves is, does what Jesus describes in verse 38 concerning the Holy Spirit, does it characterize my life and your life? Is my life characterized by an overflowing of the Holy Spirit? Is there a flood of Jesus coming out of my life? Is there a flood of Jesus coming out of my heart? Or is there just a flood of me coming out of my heart? And if not, maybe that's an indication we need to be drinking of Jesus more. Maybe maybe he's not overflowing out of our lives because we haven't filled ourselves with him to the point of overflowing. We're not drinking it in, soaking it up. Or maybe it's possible that Jesus can't fill us because we're already filled with something else. Maybe we're already filled with the things of this world, the trappings of this world, or pursuing the things of this world. And maybe for some of us here today, maybe you need to pray and ask God to empty you so that he can then fill you. To overflowing. If this doesn't describe your life as a Christian, you know, you should ask the Lord to fill you to overflowing, to fill you with His Holy Spirit so that rivers of living water can flow out of you and out of your life and bring life and refreshment into this dry and thirsty world where there is no water. Amen? He asked me how I 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan as he continued his verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of 1 John. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you'll be able to find it on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you never miss an edition of this program. Every time we post something new, you'll be notified. We'd love to hear from you, too, and learn how Ring of Truth has impacted your life. Please take some time soon to give us a call at 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you, too. And if God's doing something wonderful, we'd love to rejoice with you. That number again to reach us is 410-491-4592. Do you live in the Baltimore, Washington area? If so, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. Find out more at our website. One more time, that's calvaryec.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Tune in next time to learn more from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dan, right here on Ring of Truth. It's true.